Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 55, verses 16 through 23. But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and she hears my voice. She redeems my soul and safety from the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them, she who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out her hand against her friends. She violated her covenant. Her speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in her heart. Her words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and she will sustain you. She will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in you. Esther, chapter 6, verse 1 through chapter 7, verse 6. On that night the king could not sleep, and he gave orders to bring the book of memorable deeds, the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written how Mordecai had told about Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs, who guarded the threshold and who had sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor or distinction has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? The king's young men who attended him said, Nothing has been done for him. The king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace to speak to the king about having Mordecai hanged on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's young men told him, Haman is there, standing in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said to him, What should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? And Haman said to himself, Whom would the king like to honor more than me? And Haman said to the king, For the man whom the king delights to honor, let royal robes be brought, which the king has worn, and the horse that the king has ridden, and on whose head a royal crown is set. And let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials. Let them dress the man whom the king delights to honor, and let them lead him on the horse through the city, proclaiming before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Hurry! Take the robes and the horses you have said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Leave outside, leave out nothing that you have mentioned. So Haman took the robes and the horse, and he dressed Mordecai, and led him through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, Thus shall it be done to the man to whom the king delights to honor. Then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. And Haman told his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that had happened to him. Then his wise men and his wife Zeresh said to him, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but surely will fall before him. While they were yet talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried to bring Haman to the feast that Esther had prepared. So the king and Haman went in to feast with Queen Esther. And on the second day, as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king again said to Esther, What is your wish, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to the half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then queen answered, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, 
And if it please the king, let the life be granted me for my wish, and my people for my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. If we have been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have been silent. For our affliction is not to be compared with the loss to the king. Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is he who has dared to do this? And Esther said, A foe and an enemy, this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. Romans chapter 9 verse 30 through chapter 10 verse 4. What shall we say then, that Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained it? That is, a righteousness that is by faith. But that Israel who pursued law would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching the law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Brothers, my, sis, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant in righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Good morning and welcome to the 8th Tuesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Laguna Niguel, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 55, Esther 6, and Romans 9. And the the story of Haman uh, is uh, an interesting one. You know, it's got a lot of literary kind of embellishments and nuances. But at the heart of it, Haman is Haman has done something wicked, but he also believes in what Paul calls, you know, the law of righteousness, or the, the you know, he believes in works. Um, he thinks that he deserves this thing that the king is setting up because clearly he's done so many great things for the king. Uh, you know, the parable of the prodigal son, he's the older child. And I was, I think it was last weekend, I was listening to pastor reflect on this Briefly, in a wider sermon, but talking about how you know the the older son was, he didn't say wicked, but like, and then you know, not a good guy. And I think that's the wrong idea. Um, it is the I think what Paul is saying, and the point Paul is making, perhaps a bit strongly, is that when you think that works are what make you righteous then it is within your power to gain salvation. Uh, And that is the most fundamental lesson, I think, that the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, is setting up in, uh, that sets up and that Christ fulfills. Um, Thinking about political theology and war and peace, like the Old Testament violence, the point is clearly to convey that you are not in control. You do not have the power you think you do, so stop trying to exercise power that you don't have. Um, that's it. That, that is the that in a fundamental way is saying, "Look, you're not God. I am. You're not in control. I'm the one with the you know the strings. You're not. And if you think you are the one with the strings, 
You can always work hard enough to get your way. You can, uh, you can do all the right things and, and effectively control your own destiny, your own fate. And I think that's the problem. Because that is what leads to hubris when you think that you can do the thing that you will, you know, might take a lot of work, might take, you know, some blood, sweat and tears. But the idea that something is within your reach if you just work hard enough is, I think, one of the foundations of corruption. Um, You get someone like Haman, who, when real life and other people's free will intervenes, or interrupts your whole little plan, then you think, oh, well, I need to work harder, and the works that I need to do to get what I want might deprive someone else of what they deserve. And, you know, I don't think you ever think this. Maybe you do, but, like, that is, that's at the root of the problem. When you forget that everybody has free will, and if anybody's in control, it's God. Um, and so Haman... And the you know the older brother in the prodigal son parable, um, I think that's what Paul is getting at when he talks about pursuing righteousness and thinking that you've attained it. Um, that is righteousness without faith. Faith is to say, I might have a hand in this, um, but mine isn't the only hand. Faith requires humility. So, like if if someone else's you know. You know, trajectory kind of interferes with yours. Like you have to adjust. You you know you can't assume that you're just going to work hard enough and get back on track in what you want. You have to have a little bit of humility, a little bit of faith, um, and recognize that you're not in control. Um, that uh, there's certain things that that yeah that that are meant to be out of your control. Um, and to not take for granted the things that you have, I think that's the the that's what the father is doing in the parable. Like, sure, you could think about like all the mistakes he's made and hold them over his head and feel good about you know knowing right from wrong, the original sin. But he was living in the moment. Like he thought his son had died, and it it turned out to not be true. Like, who gives a shit what brought him there, or or what didn't? Like think about the reality that existed for that family. The son had disappeared. And now all of a sudden you see them walking up the road like, yeah, I'd like to think I'd be the father. You can also sympathize with the the older son. You can sympathize with the people that Paul was dealing with that thought, look, we've been doing all the right things. We've been following the law. Um, come on, you know, I've been doing my duty as a, a court official. And here comes these interlopers um, mucking things up, getting in the way of my plan. Um, I think I can see myself in, in both of them. And God and, the, and Scripture sets up this very clear, you know, um, you know, almost tunnel vision, like, don't think that you're in control. Live in the moment. Uh, trust God rather than your own actions, and you will be fine. Um, that's what the father was doing. Like he's not worried about the past sins of the of the younger son. Uh, you know, I can see how I could. The older son's argument makes perfect sense, but Scripture and God is consistently saying, "Look, 
Let go of the things that you're in control, that you think you're in control of. Trust that things will be all right, even if they are bad. You know, you think of the martyrs, like, death is not the worst that can happen to you. Um, Having a hard heart may be the thing that the Bible warns us against the most. And that hard heart comes from thinking that, uh, that we deserve certain things, that we've earned certain things, um, and that doesn't take into account the fact that we live in a, a broken world that God is hoping to restore through us. Um, and so we are called to be agents of restoration rather than um, agents of, of lawful, you know, uh, legality, legal justice. Like that's, that's not what justice and that's not the, the, the world order that God created. And the more we hold on to that, um, the more the world kind of keeps getting uh, screwed up. A prayer for the right use of God's gifts from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, whose loving hand has given us all that we possess, grant us grace that we may honor you with our substance and remembering the account which we must one day give, may be faithful stewards of your bounty through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.